0: Welcome to Friday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. He is Jeff Fegels. I'm Lance Meadow. Good to have you aboard with you for the next 60 minutes. 201-939-4513. That is the telephone number, hashtag Giants Chat. We've got two guests today on the program. We're going to hear from Adam Behrens of IMG Academy. He's been training Giants fourth-round pick Kyle Oletta at the quarterback position, getting him ready for the combine, the senior bowl, as well as the draft. So we'll get into that. And then North Carolina State defensive coordinator Dave Huxtable will join us as he will help break down B J Hill, one of the Giants' third-round picks. So, Jeff, this is really your first show since the Giants finished up yeah. the marathon known as the draft, and they addressed a variety of different positions. But I'm curious, your thoughts, what you think of the class, and how you think this is going to help the team.
1: Well, first and foremost, the best pick was their fifth-rounder, the kid from McIntosh from Texas. D- D- oh, that goes without saying. Miami. You should have started yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, I My apologies. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I'll go from I guess I'll go from <laughs> from bottom to top. Okay, uh, but you know, yeah, R.J. McIntosh, guy from Miami. Definitely a five technique uh, defensive end for the Giants. He's going to be play there. Saw him play a lot being in Miami last year. Um, tough kid. First step. Really good first step. Fifth rounder. You know, one of the guys where you, he's going to, he'll. He'll be on the team. He'll look for playing time. He's a special teams guy that first rookie year. But I thought it was a good need pick for the Giants. They, they need some defensive linemen. They went out and got a draft pick, Signed going to sign some other guys at free agency. Um, then you go up into the fourth round, which we're going to talk a little bit about Kyle Laletta today. Um, you look at this kid. I mean, I think the Giants got a steal. And from reports from other people about that, that this guy was something else at the Combine. Um, Senior Bowl MVP, which was awesome. Uh, I got to watch him play in that game. Did extremely well. Very smart. And look for him and Davis Webb to compete in camp for that backup position. Um, Really, when you look to the future, two guys that a third and a fourth round of the Giants spent on quarterbacks to learn behind Eli Manning. Two smart guys. Two workers. A lot of good good character here. Um, And you're going to see that in this draft, like you saw in free agency with Dave Gettleman, these are good football players and high character dudes. So, from what happened last year to what happens this year, you're seeing that the, the, the team is being built about character and good football players, and you're seeing it through the draft. B.J. Hill, another guy who can play inside, he can play outside. He's a tall guy. Um, I d- talked to Coach Betcher about him, he's excited. Uh, about his ability to play he can play a three technique in some shade outside if you want him to. Um, he's excited about him and he is a very high character big motor guy. There isn't anyone that has met this young man that didn't like him. He's really a nice kid. And I think I like the way he plays come from NC State. When you look at the four defensive linemen that were drafted from NC State this year, one of them included Chubb. yes, okay, so he he has a little bit of a you know a nice in that in that meeting room, if you will. He came up with some guys that could play some football, um, and then of course, then you got Lorenzo Carter an outside linebacker out of Georgia. This guy excites me. I think he's got a lot of potential. He's fast. He can he can run with tight ends. Um, he could also chase down running backs from the opposite side of the field. You know, if if you got a reverse and he's got a lot of speed to get there, so um, a good pickup in there. And what we talked about this Lance, last week, and you and I were together. You were going to see a lot of these draft picks from the third and fourth rounders that a lot of teams had these guys graded higher okay and it's just because of the of the way that the draft worked this year that there was a clump of guys in the 3rd and 4th rounds these are all very very good picks for the giants and then you move up to number 6 or excuse me number 2 you go with Will Hernandez i mean an absolute beast 327 pounds, the guy can run block. He's going to be He's nasty. That's what this Giants team, he's a hog molly. That's what Dave Gettleman wants. Um, he's going to fit in good with Nate Soldier probably on that left side. And um, wow, the guy's a big dude. And I, I he's I, a presence. All right. He really does. And I think that he'll fit in immediately on that offensive line. And then, of course, the number one pick in Saquon Barkley. I think this is a winner. We talked about it. The Giants could not go wrong with this pick. Um, it's a surefire. The guy is a high character. Dude, I mean, he is a playmaker and I think that the Giants fans are going to be very happy to see him in number 26 on Sunday cuz he's going to make some things happen. So overall, I am I'm extremely satisfied and excited about the five draft picks that the Giants got this year. I were I for one wanted them to trade the pick and come out with 10 draft picks. <laughs> but I think that overall I'm I'm very excited about what happened, especially with Saquon Barkley. You know, hit the intangibles that he brings to this team. Uh, none other than his running ability, but the guy can block, he can kick, he can return kickoffs, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, which might a lot of people don't know how good he actually is at catching the football. Um so you're going to, you know, you get all of that into this guy coming in um, his attitude, and he's just going to overall. And how are you going to, if we get Odell Beckham on the field with – Ingram, and now Saquon Barkley, this offense all of a sudden it looks pretty powerful. They just got to put it all together.
0: Well, we'll get into more on the offensive side of the ball and some of those top picks, but Jeff, you alluded to the mid to late rounders that the Giants selected and guys that fell to them when they had graded higher, and that brings us to Kyle Loletta, the Giants fourth-round pick, and to provide more insight on what Kyle is going to bring to the Giants, we're now joined by the assistant coach within the IMG Academy football program. He's worked with a number of NFL quarterbacks. He's helped train Giants fourth-round pick. Hit Kyle Oletta for the pre-draft process, and that is Adam Behrens. Adam, you got Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegels with you here on Giants.com. Big Blue Kickoff Live. Appreciate the time. How's everything? Hi, Adam.
2: Doing well. Hello. Thanks for having me. Actually, just got off the field with our academy team.
0: Very nice. Well, we know you've been very busy, not just training Kyle Oletta, working with a variety of different players. Just to provide some background information, Adam, for the listeners and the viewers, how did you get connected with Kyle, and how long have you been working with him?
2: I actually started working with Kyle just this year um, as we gear up, getting ready for the combine prep. Uh, Rob Henry, who works here, actually connected me with him and uh, had a good conversation with Kyle. Um, I know he's looking at a couple different guys, so I just explained kind of how I go through the process and the way I like to get guys ready for it. Uh, Rob had some insight on that as well. And then Rob, uh, as he connected the dots, um, Kyle's agent actually worked with – Josh Dobbs as well, who had trained down here last year. So Mike kind of had some insight again on how I go about it and go through the process. So um, once Kyle had picked Mike to work with him, um, he was able to kind of circle back and get with Josh and kind of go through it. What um,
1: When you, when we talk about uh, training, I know you obviously you know, have the, the combine training, and we kind of understand what, what guys are training uh, is all about for that. What type of training would – like someone like Kyle comes through the the academy and work on is it footwork is it accuracy? Um, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so it's really all encompassing to me. When you're building a quarterback, it starts from the ground up. So the first thing we talked about. Um, was really his base in the space between his feet really when you 're looking to play in the quarterback position there 's a lot of different drops you 're going to take, but at the end of the day unless you 're off the platform, you need to set your feet consistently so kind of worked on finding that spot for him and then kind of get more of his weight on his back leg so he could really load up um, put a little more a little bit more on the football and then kind of work your way up through there and to me, a lot of that you know a lot of guys want to talk about the upper body and mechanics and this that and the other up there but really um to me everybody's going to have a little bit different stroke if you can get their feet lined up and be consistent with that then i think that um accuracy begins to be a byproduct of that because your body's always in the same position
0: adam once you started working with kyle what were your first impressions of him and how far along has he come in the few months that you've been working with him
2: My first impression was his intelligence. So when I first get guys down here, I kind of like to sit down and just kind of find some common ground. I don't want to jump right in the pool and do a cannonball. So um, just sat down, kind of found out his background. Very intelligent guy. He's been in pro style systems. Um, as you get his backstory, you know, he's had four different offensive coordinators. Now, as he goes through that, I and mean, he's in the heat of the moment in college, like that can be very frustrating. You got a new system every year. Um, but in the end, you can see how that ends up being a real blessing for him, especially with two of those systems. Uh, you know, he was a great coaches all the way through. Two of those guys happened to be pro-style guys. So I was really impressed just right off the jump with how intelligent he was and how much he already understood the game, especially for the level that he was getting ready to play it at. Um, really clean already. Had had really strong footwork, really crisp footwork. Uh, was very accurate. So. And you get a guy like that, you know. Really, anybody getting ready for the NFL, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's a reason they're already in that conversation. So, with Kyle, it was just really polishing things and just getting more consistent with it. But, uh, you know, he was pretty polished in all the areas, to be honest with you. By the time I got him,
1: well, I think that the Giants, um, they they certainly understood a lot of the things that you said about Kyle, um, because they were they're very high on him coming in here. A lot than a lot of the scouts, um, in the building, and and a lot of the analysts that we've heard. On the, t- on the radio and TV have said that this guy, because of the other quarterbacks that were drafted this year, kind of got lost in the shuffle a little bit, you know, being from Richmond, um, things like that. But, you know, he has a great opportunity to come in here at the Giants and compete for that backup position, even though that Davis Webb has been here only a year. Uh, I feel it's a great opportunity for both of them to come in there and fight and see what happens. Both of them are smart guys. When you say uh, the acumen that he has as far as the intelligence, was it the way that he was able to pick up four different offenses in four different years? He's going to have a fifth one now, by the way. He'll pick up this fifth. This will be his fifth one. Um, And able to do that, or is it more just what you you saw from him on just kind of going over some chalkboard stuff and putting up coverages and asking him to identify things? What was it all kind of? put it in perspective for us as far as his intelligence level
2: yeah well number one I mean it's uh, to be able to play at a high level like he did just kind of goes to show that he can pick up an offense quickly uh, even his last year going into more of a spread style system but um, one just the way he articulates things so as you talk with quarterbacks about things, you know, as you know, as a football coach, you're really a teacher, and a lot of times you're just you're always talking at them. And da da da. Of the guys, you actually go through it, and you you know you're maybe trying to teach him something or go over it with him, where he can kind of say, well, yeah, and actually, you know, what we would actually do on this is you would start seeing that, and we would adjust it this way, and we would <laughs> end up converting that. And if that wasn't there, then we'd go to that. Right, and then as a coach, it, you're kind of like, wow. okay, okay.
1: Like, <laughs> sounds me I would, I would that. say, I, I'm, hey, I'm that sounds good, Kyle. Yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you know a lot of times I, I had heard this that, um, you know, being a quarterback coach. You gotta be a pretty smart guy because most of the quarterbacks are pretty smart. And so when you're sitting in that room, you better make sure that you have an answer to these guys. Right. So when he comes back with that mm-hmm. kind of a an answer, you gotta make sure you either have one, that they're gonna believe you <laughs> even if it's not correct, or two, have a you gotta be pretty intelligent yourself to be able to understand the offenses. But you know, one thing about Kyle that I noticed on film with him is that that he, he has a presence in it, he, like he, he's not afraid of the pocket. Um, his mid-range, short to mid-range accuracy is ridiculous. Looking at the Pro Football Focus grades that they had on him on his accuracy grades, re- remarkable. And then he showed that in the Senior Bowl in, in competing. So not only is he intelligent, he's got a, a, incredible accuracy.
2: Yeah, I mean the guy the guy's got the skill set, and I know you know a lot of people wanted to. Talk about his arm strength and this and that. If you really break down and you watch his tape, he actually, on a lot of his deep balls, anytime he were to miss one, it was always deep and it wasn't by mm-hmm. a fingertip. Like, he overthrew himself. So, I mean, the guy can make all the throws. And then, obviously, I mean, the senior bull just goes out and shows that. And then, you know, he's, he's in that system and he goes out there and it's pro style stuff. And then, you know, I know they can at times, but really, you go out and perform like that. I mean, The numbers don't lie, in something like that. And, you know, you're no longer talking about, even though he played in one of the better conferences in 1AA, well, now he's going out there competing toe-to-toe with guys that you're talking about being top-ten picks, um, you know, a bunch of first-rounders, and he competes with them.
0: Talking with Adam Barron's assistant coach within the IMG Academy football program. He's worked with a number of NFL quarterbacks. He has been training fourth-round pick Kyle Laletta for the Giants out of Richmond during the pre-draft process. Adam, you just brought up the senior bowl, and when you look at Kyle's resume, that jumps off the page for a lot of people because not only was he impressive, but he was the MVP of that game. And, you know, that gave him an opportunity to go head-to-head with a lot of talented players in higher conferences what did that do for his confidence and what do you think that did for his stock as he moved closer to the draft
2: well I think no question it kind of put him on a lot more people's radars um you know I think one going to the senior bowl is going to put you on some radars not everybody is uh, fortunate enough to get to go to that every year and then um competing at that and doing well and getting the MVP I think you know you're gonna have a lot of people like oh okay you know let me circle back and dive a little bit more into this kid uh to be honest with you though i don't think kyle would tell you that he was one bit surprised um he's always a guy that like you know you always want to you know you go over the interview stuff with these guys as well and kind of want to talk to them you know hey you know if you get asked this like this is kind of the right answer you want to give these guys um but you mock at first to just kind of see really where their heads are. kyle's the kind of guy where you go you know hey man so who's the best Uh, you know, quarterback in the draft. Usually, you know, some guys in the past, they'd be like, well, you know, you got so-and-so, and and, and really, you know, so-and-so. And And, Kyle goes, I am. Next question. So when he goes out there and he competes in that game and does what he did, I don't know. You know, he didn't come back with his eyebrows raised like, oh, man, I didn't see that coming. How about that? I really looked into something there. Um, that's what he expects. And I know he expects to go in there and compete. And I know he expects to be starting for the Giants sooner rather than later. And I know he expects to win a Super Bowl up in New York.
0: In terms of, you know, your connection with other NFL quarterbacks, I think it's interesting, Adam. You said you worked with Joshua Dobbs last season. He gets drafted by the Steelers and is now backing up Ben Roethlisberger and competing as he tries to maybe become Big Ben's successor. Now you got Kyle Laletta coming to the Giants and with Davis Webb competing to perhaps be Eli Manning's successor. You know, what would be the best advice that you give Kyle as he now tries to position himself within the competition to perhaps take over for, you know, a great veteran quarterback just like Joshua Dobbs is in Pittsburgh?
2: You know, really just to control what you can control. I mean, as long as you do what you can every day, and I know it sounds cliche to be the best version of yourself, that's really what you can do. You know, you can keep yourself up all night wondering, you know, when am I going to get my shot, this, that, and the other. I mean, all he can do every day is prepare as if, like, they're – you know, today they're going to say, hey, you know what, you're the guy today. Or next year you're the guy. Or three, you're the guy. But you have to attack every day as if that's going to be your opportunity. And that's when you're going to have success, when you've prepared. And then all yeah. of a sudden that opportunity meets that. And that's when you're going to get it. Um, and Kyle understands that. I mean, you sure. talk about somebody that's overcame adversity. I mean, the kid, he goes um, – doesn't get a lot of attention. He feels like he should be. He's, you know, I went back and I even watched this huddle from high school. I mean, I was kind of surprised that he didn't get a little bit more attention than he did. But, you know, the guy goes to Richmond. Uh, hey, we really like you, but we're going to bring in another kid to a camp. We want to see you throw against him. So, do you mind paying and coming to camp again? And. I think a lot of people at that point, especially quarterbacks nowadays, would kind of let pride get in the way of that. And, yeah, no, man, I'm not going back to that camp and do that again. If you guys don't want me, whatever. Kyle said, Yeah, let me know the time and date, and I'll be there. Goes in there, um, throws with the guy, ends up getting his scholarship, and the rest is history. So, I mean, I even told him afterwards, I was like, I'm excited to see you keep proving people wrong, man. And he's not going to quit until he gets where he wants to go, and I'm excited to watch him do it.
1: Well, I think that one thing that the Giants realized with with Kyle was the fact that because of his maturity, bef- because of his intelligence, and that he knew that you're going to have to sit behind Eli Manning for at least a year, um, that the maturity mm-hmm. of him is going to be that he could he'll be able, able to accept that and learn from it, rather than try to be a, a rebel and say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to try to come in here and win. Yeah, he's not going to win the starting job over Eli Manning. He knows that, but I think he, being no being doubt. who he is. He, he'll understand that he's got a chance to, to work behind a, a future Hall of Fame quarterback, perhaps, and a guy that is, is the epitome of work. I mean, Eli Manning, so you you get two guys like Davis Webb and Kyle Ayletta. They're both very similar in the sense of like Eli. They're, they're, they're hard workers. They're smart. They're intelligent. They're footballers. Those are the kind of guys that Dave Gellum, the new general manager here, said at the very beginning of his press conference. He wants guys that don't want to lose and he wants football players. Well, you got. it seems to me you got that in, in Kyle Lalletta, and that's something that's going to be good for the Giants.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, as I texted him after the draft, and um, Kyle's a competitor, you know. He wanted to sure. um, they all get are, drafted yeah. as high as he, as, he, as, he, as he possibly could have, and that's a good thing, and I hope he feels that way, and I hope he feels he's the best quarterback in the draft. But um, I can tell you what he texted me, and we were talking a little bit right after it happened, and he could not be more fired up. It's close to home for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things he said, he goes, Man, what a great opportunity yeah. to come in and play and learn behind a guy who's won two Super Bowls in the National Football League because there's only so many cats that have won one of those. Yeah. That guy's got a couple. And so uh, the fact that he gets to go in there and, I mean, learn behind a guy like that, I mean, yeah, it'd be great to go and. Walk into somewhere and start someday, but sometimes that can be a blessing in disguise when you've got to wait your turn a little bit. And, you know, sure. a lot of the best quarterbacks in the league right now are guys that sat a little bit, waited their turn, um, but they made the most of the opportunity. Because I think they're, you know, you're know, you going to have some guys that kind of sit back there, and, you know, man, this is too bad. This sucks. When am I going to get my chance? And I think there are other guys, like we had talked about uh, previously, that look at it as more an opportunity. It's like, you know what, I'm going to be able to learn so much today. Even though I might not be the starter, but there's so much valuable information and intake that I can take out of this situation. And I mean, I can 100% tell you Kyle's going to be one of those guys. And he's the kind of guy that, you know, if I was a starting quarterback in the National Football League and there was a guy to be right behind me that's going to help me prepare, help be an extra set of eyes for me, help me study the game, that would 100% be the guy that I would like to have in my corner doing that.
0: And there's a lot of quarterbacks, as you noted, that sat behind other established quarterbacks who have all of a sudden emerged. Aaron Rodgers comes to mind. Kirk Cousins, who I know you worked with as well, Adam, as we're talking with Adam Behrens, assistant coach within the IMG Academy football programs, worked with a number of NFL quarterbacks. He helped train Kyle Loletta, the Giants' fourth-round pick, through the pre-draft process. Last one for me, Adam. You brought up, you went back and looked at how he commanded the huddle in high school. And that, to me, is always an interesting aspect of a quarterback and an important part of playing the position. When you get in there, can you sell the team on the play? Can you get everybody lined up? You know, what have you taken away from observing his ability, whether it be at the Senior Bowl, whether it be through training, in terms of getting in the huddle and helping run and orchestrate an offense?
2: Yeah, I mean, I watch him do it here down here every day. You know, we go routes on air. Or, you know, I would like to kind of pop in on him throughout the day, um, whether it be in the weight room or whatever it is. And the way he, you know, he encourages people. Um, he gets along very well with people. he talks to people the right way um and he 's always working hard, which is a huge part of that too but um he 's out there running things for us, so you know maybe a guy ran a bad route or maybe he threw a bad ball and missed it i mean he 's a guy that immediately you know, hey, come back, come back, come back, and make sure that he does it the right way, and he gets it fixed uh, always breaking those guys down at the end uh yeah, the, the kid's just a leader, and it's something that it was cool to watch him do that and all the different aspects down here because you get a lot of, you know, when you decide to play quarterback and you want to be a quarterback, it's not a two-hour decision a day. It's more of a lifestyle. So, like, you're choosing that, you know, I'm always going to have high character. I'm always going to be a leader when I'm in that situation. And it was fun to pop in throughout the day, and it's one of those little intangible things you can kind of notice and how he carries himself and that you see him – whether he knows I'm there or not, consistently and constantly always doing the right things and always, like I said, encouraging people, organizing people, making sure that things are being done the right way, and to win championships in football. um, Anytime I've been around good football teams or played on good football teams, it wasn't always the most talented teams. It was the ones that just did all the little things the correct way.
0: Well, some great insight. We're certainly looking forward to watching Kyle develop here with the Giants. Adam Behrens, assistant coach within the IMG Academy Football Program, who has been training Kyle Loletta over the last few months, kind enough to give us a few minutes. Adam, greatly appreciate the time thanks, and the Adam. insight. Thanks so much.
1: Good luck this year. Yeah, thanks, guys. You're welcome. Absolutely.
0: You. you got it. Adam Behrens once again weighing in here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. and. Had an opportunity to be up close and personal with Kyle over the last few months, and you know, based on some of the things that he's observed, commanding the huddle, how he conducts himself, and confidence, yeah. I, I think are some of the things that jumps out here.
1: Well, I, and I think that that's what the Giants loved about this guy, and I think they were they were very excited when it when when it was when it was stuck when I mean, when they were not stuck when he dropped when that pick yeah, was there and he was there, they were like, wow, okay, this is. just... I don't think that they were thinking they were going to get Kyle Lalletta. I just think that it just landed right in their lap.
0: Well, it was interesting, Jeff, because during Dave Gentleman's press conference, when he spoke to the media following the pick, he said a GM texted him or called him and said, you know, we were thinking of pulling the trigger in the second round, but we had other needs, and it just didn't seem like it was the right <laughs> yeah. part. Antennas went that. up. Correct. So, uh, clearly... He got on people's radar, I think, even what Adam said, when you become the MVP of the Senior Bowl and yeah, you're that's competing something. with others, well, you know, that yeah. sort of raises eyebrows around the league. And that, uh, I think, all of a sudden got teams interested in maybe taking a closer look at him.
1: And I think that you're going to be able to watch both of these guys, Webb and, and Lala, just compete. And that's, you know... And, and, again, Eli is a competitor too. Don't get me wrong. He likes to compete with people. you know. And a lot of people say, well, what does what Eli had to compete? He competes against himself more than anything. But, you know, that that's what makes Eli so good is that he's always trying to get better. Um, I think he's, he's determined to get better this year with things around him. But my point here is that Davis Webb and Kyle, these guys are going to be able to go at it for the next couple years, and the Giants are going to get a good idea that when Eli's time is done – is that has these guys kind of what if they've been able to look at these guys and say okay we're either comfortable or we don't feel like these guys are really it and then they can go into the and have a you know the future like what we're going to do drafting a quarterback or trading for somebody or something like that.
0: Well, it's the ideal situation to have options as no opposed question. to just banking on one player. It's also Jeff very similar to, and coincidentally Adams work with Joshua Dobbs, what the Steelers are doing. Yeah. Think about it. They've got Ben Roethlisberger. Yep. They drafted Dobbs in the fourth round last year, and they just drafted Mason Rudolph out of yep. Oklahoma State it's in exactly the third round. Exactly what they're going to do. The Giants da- drafted Davis Webb in the third round, and now Ro- Kyle led in the fourth round, and they're going to groom those two guys on right. both sides, and they're going to see, perhaps, if somebody emerges by the time those two respective quarterbacks ultimately hang up the And, and to
1: me, it makes total sense that you, you, you're putting a third and a fourth rounder together, because by the way and it's not fair because but it happens your draft number is like a number that sticks with you forever in the NFL if you're an undrafted guy, everybody sees Remember you as that. still an undrafted guy. If you're a first-rounder, they always see you as a first-rounder. Even though you were a bust, they were like, okay, you're a first-rounder. So my point is that I would rather have a third and a fourth-rounder competing constantly than having a third-rounder compete with an undrafted free agent. That there are people who are kind of like, well, he's an undrafted. So this, to me, gives a little more substance to the idea that these guys can compete. Same thing in Pittsburgh. You got, okay, you got a Rudolph and you got this other guy. They're going to be able, Dobbs. That's a good competition. Cuz
0: they're more on equal ground. They're value more on equal ground. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Those 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 situations make sense and I think that's a lot why they did it. They're a lot smarter than you and I are.
0: Yes, I think that Well, maybe that goes maybe me, saying. maybe not you. Well, uh, yeah, I I don't know if I'd put I'm myself just, so high just, on the pedestal, Jeff. Yeah. Very so, kind of you. But.
1: but it does does sound like that's kind of what they want to do.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And and that's why I think You know, when everybody still is debating Barkley versus a quarterback at number two, I get that, and and there's rationale on both sides. But the bottom line is the Giants still have options. And based on what Dave Gettleman indicated, Jeff, Eli Manning is the quarterback right now. There was no indication that they feel that he only has one year left. There's also no indication that they're guaranteeing you that he has four to five years left. But they're content right now, based on what they observed on film and the shape he's in, that for the immediate future – they feel as if the quarterback position is in good hands with Eli Manning, which means that they're operating under the assumption they've got some time to develop these young prospects, groom them, move them along, and then by the time Eli decides to hang it up, maybe they will have had two, three years in an ideal circumstance sure. to see what Webb, to see what Lilletta have to offer. And then, to your point, Jeff, they can either head in another direction with the draft, they can maybe make a trade, they could pursue a free agent, or one of these guys proves to them we're yeah. ready for him to take over,
1: and and it's it's a tough situation in this sense. History tells you that they're not going to get a chance to play, and that's the only problem with this scenario. And it goes back to when you look at um, how you know, like last year. Okay, it would have been a perfect chance to put Davis Webb in for that for that game, or even some of the games the going end of the forward. Yeah. Okay, but Davis Webb wasn't ready to play. I mean, obviously, Geno Smith was, okay, and, you know, things like that. But, and so you're going to have to make a decision on what they're doing in practice in preseason games if Eli continues to play and then they try to make a move. It kind of just goes back with the thinking like this year. Okay, so Davis Webb was drafted in the third. We know nothing about Davis Webb. We don't know anything more about Davis Webb than we know about. Kyle Lalletta, as far as them, they've only played in
0: college. And they both have to learn a new offense this year. So anything that Davis did last year, certainly from a knowledge perspective, it helps him, Jeff. But sure. it doesn't put him 10 times ahead of Luletta No. in terms of knowledge of no. the offense. A little comfortability
1: yeah. being around the facility, knowing the team, exactly. that kind of thing. But the fact of the matter is, is they're pretty pretty much even when they're at. So.
0: so that's why I think it's always interesting to look around the league. And I think you brought up a very interesting point that you're right your decision may very well in an ideal circumstance because you never want to see your starter get hurt be based on practice well, and be based on preseason and games.
1: evaluation. Correct. Yeah.
0: But, let's face it, the Chargers and the Steelers, and I like to use them as comparisons because Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger were the same draft class, Jeff. Phillip Rivers has now the most consecutive starts sure, because of Eli Street it, coming to an end. Yeah. So, the Chargers haven't had the luxury of putting anyone else out there to yeah. determine yeah. who they want right. to perhaps succeed him. Sure. And then, with the exception of Ben Roethlisberger missing a few games here there, they've tested the waters with Landry Jones, yeah. but they haven't seen Dobbs, and Mason Rudolph was just drafted. So all of these teams are really on equal footing that it's got to be something we see in practice. It has to be something in the film room. has to be something in preseason. And sh- they
1: should be able to see some of that because they're around a lot. Like, yeah. like a guy coming in from college like Davis Webb last year, they didn't know him from Adam until he got here. They know a little bit more about them, but most of these coaches were not in the building. In fact, almost all of them were not in the building last year. Okay, so they'll, they'll be able to learn a lot about how they prepare, how they come to meetings, how they study, what they do in practice, those kinds of things. That will mean a lot when it comes to decision making. Speaking of quarterbacks, I just saw the numbers that Matt Ryan got.
0: Yes, pretty big numbers, right?
1: Um, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> uh, yeah, $90, 93 million dollars guaranteed. They're saying here. Well, um, the
0: report yesterday was about a hundred guarantees. I am sorry, so ninety four
1: point five million fully guaranteed. Okay, so now signing, they have a
0: more of an exact amount. I didn't see that.
1: Yeah, yeah, ninety four million. And now you know, thanks to uh, Kirk Cousins, the quarterbacks all are thanking him for getting that guaranteed contract yes. because there there was a time when we all thought that there would never, ever be a guaranteed contract in the National Football League. Well, it's happening now the trend at, is at up. high numbers. I mean, really high. I mean, they have some injury you know, guarantee stuff that protects the team. But, yeah, so the next guy on it is going to be – got to think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a million-dollar man. You know? Yes. Oh, a hundred-million-dollar man. He's going to be the hundred-million-dollar man. I'm dating Ted myself, when I just a million said – For all those that are – I'm 52, so anybody older than me would know that there was once a show – with John Correct. Majors. that was too. I thought you were making a wrestling reference. The Million well. Dollar. Was it The Million Dollar million Man? Million Dollar Man, yeah. 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 yeah no, the you bionic. were right about that. I bionic. thought you were going the
0: wrestling uh,
1: round too. So. Bionic Man. Yes. yes. Well, six Million Dollar. Was it six, Dave? It was Six Million it was the Dollar six Man. Six Million Dollar Man? Yeah. Okay. All Where right. six comes from, I don't know, but that's what it took to build them.
0: Well, Dave is a big hmm. fan of television, so if there's yeah. anybody in this room... It didn't sound right, The Million
1: Dollar Man, The Six Million Dollar Man. Well, that's why I thought you were going the wrestling round. But John Majors, is that the guy? Lee Major,
0: see? There you go. See, I told you he was an expert in talent. I mean, I,
1: I was at 50% there. I had him <laughs> $1 million to
0: $6 and Johnny DeLee. You were in the vicinity. But <laughs> Johnny Majors his was His accountant was arguing that he has a little bit more in the bank. You yeah. were shortchanging yeah. him. But he was awesome, though. To your point, Andrew Luck, Derek Carr, Matthew Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Ryan, those are the last four quarterbacks that have received extensions. And notice how the money – Continues. continues to go up. So yeah. Aaron Rodgers is going to outtop top that And remember, list, and the next Locke guy was back. the highest at one point. At one time. point, correct. He set the record. Now that he's car set the record. Yeah. So my point is... It's not about – now, all of those quarterbacks are talented. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the greatest quarterback in the league gets paid the most. It's when is your contract set to expire. <laughs> yeah. That's when you get paid the most, That's period. That's exactly right. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the telephone number. All right, let's squeeze in a few phone calls before we get to our next interview with Dave Huxtable, defensive coordinator of North Carolina State. David is in Connecticut. Dave, what's happening? Hey, guys. What's up, Dave? You, Dave? Thanks for
3: taking my call. Thanks for a, making a it. long time, first time, very good. Love your
0: show. Thank you. Listen
3: to it all the time. Thanks for tuning in. It's so refreshing to have a radio show that has in-depth, pertinent content instead of just fluff. So very good. Thanks a lot for that.
0: Well, we appreciate you tuning in. So, what do you got for us? Um,
3: just wanted to have uh, some impressions about Dave Gettleman. Uh, first of all, that from his opening um, press conference. Uh, It was just so refreshing to have somebody, instead of being up behind the podium, knees shaking, and everybody's firing questions at him, and you feel uncomfortable because you know he's uncomfortable. It was just the total opposite. Sitting there at a desk, talking to what seems like a bunch of friends instead of the media, and uh, just... um, uh, it was just so it's so refreshing to listen to him. And the same thing when him after the uh, after the draft, when him and uh, the coach uh, Schumer were um, discussing the draft, they're sitting at a table. they're talking very relaxedly uh, to all the reporters, and um, I know it's just a breath of fresh air for me. It's but, very
1: um, uh, and to, uh, it's very refreshing to hear him speak, and he's very approachable. And, it's, and it's, just, it's, it's, it's just, everything rolls off his tongue in a funny way, but in a serious it, way. And so it is very, I, I agree with you. I, I enjoy listening to him. He's one of those guys where when he stops, you wish you could just keep going, you know, because he, has, he he is a fun person to listen to, and I think he's done an amazing job.
3: Well, like the first press conference, he's he's sitting there, and he's in the middle of a sentence talking about, you know, a player or whatever, and he, he sees the guy come in and goes, Hey, John, how you doing? Good to see you. <laughs> 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 yeah. I love him. Anyway, um, the um, things I wanted to talk about were uh, his graphics. Uh, it was so interesting to me that um, the first time in forever, Giants picks uh, every time they came around. I'm screaming this guy's name, and bam, within 30 seconds, he's got the player. <laughs> like the first three were were exactly what I was hoping. I, I got to admit further on down, yeah, I, guess I didn't a know tougher. the guys as well. And then Kyle letta was a wow for me, but still made tons of sense. It's just, uh, you know, with Shermer being the uh, quarterback whisperer, um, L- Oletta sounds like a, a great pick that they can develop. He's going to have time over a couple of years to, uh, to soak up everything that Shermer can, uh, you know, give him, And uh, I, I, Loved uh, Davis Webb um, because of his work ethic is incredible. I mean, just uh, uh, a guy that you can tell lives, breathes football.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, and,
3: and uh, you know, it's like it, once you get past the measurables, where the guy, you know, the guy can make all the throws. You know, he has the intelligence to process quickly and make decisions uh, um, during the play. Then the biggest, in my mind, the biggest important thing is his desire, his motivation, and you cannot question Davis Webb's motivation at all. Plus, like when he was in college, I think the senior year, he went to a whole new different system, learned a whole new different system, and played at a really high level. So he's he's proven that he can learn new systems quickly and. I have to do it again and, I'm well, and so has it.
0: Kyle Loletta because he's been with four different offensive coordinators so I would say they're both motivated and they're both knowledgeable because to your point Davis Webb started Texas Tech ends up at Cal and Kyle Loletta was at the same school but coordinators change left and right so I think both of them have those similarities
3: well that's yeah and that's a that's a biggie because you yeah. you got to be able to be intelligent enough to process that that into your, your brain <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And, Dave, listen, we appreciate the phone call. Thanks so much for weighing in. Good to hear from you. Want to try to squeeze in another call or two. We got Shakes in Baltimore. Shakes, what's happening?
4: What's going on,
0: fellas? Hi, Shakes. So How about, Shakes? What's happening?
4: All right. Um, I'm going to try to make this quick because I got a few things. All right, so the web and letter thing. Now, it's, it's great because both of these guys, not only do they learn under Eli and, and get the professionalism from them, from him, excuse me. <clears throat> but they get we get two seasons to evaluate them and groom them. Yep. With this coaching staff. So to me it's just like one of these guys whoever is impressive more to these coach to this coaching staff should stick out and, and get the job when Eli finally does pack it up. So I think it's nothing but a beautiful thing. I have two questions for you and then I um I just wanted to go off on on just one thing. But the first question is what is the position that y'all still feel y'all are worried about on the roster because to me, I'm not worried about any of them. I see no holes because even the the, the positions that you you may be you have question marks at, there's like three, four, five guys that's going to be competing for those spots. So to me there is no hole so I want to know what y'all what position that y'all still worried about on the roster. And my second question is do y'all have confidence in in BJ Goodson's health? Are y'all confident in his health? Because if he's going to have to be that second middle linebacker, we we need him to play at least 14 games. That was ridiculous last year. And, and what's up with his number, too? He needs a linebacker number. he got a defensive line number. <laughs> well, I, I like
0: mean, him. I think that's secondary. I'm not overly concerned because it's a small sample size, and after a player has one injury plagued year, I don't know if you can really you know, go crazy and think this is going to be a trend. It's not as if he missed a boatload of games in college. So when you take that into consideration, yeah, I mean, you do want him to stay durable and healthy. They're going to need him next to Alec Ogletree. But I don't know if last year was overly alarming, Shakes, given the fact that it's only one. Season. If it happens for another season or two, then I think he got a track record. Right now, I don't think we have much of a track record. So, personally, I'm not that overly yep. concerned.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're looking for him to start, by the yep. way. So, not the number two. He's going to be a number one. Yeah, he's going to be right next to Ogletree. Um, as far as the positions, Shakes, I got to tell you, I'm a little bit concerned. I mean, and I, I think you hit – You was well said. There, there, Gettleman has gone through and really kind of pegged and got a lot of depth, which this team needs. But we don't know how the guys are going to play in the depth. They've got a lot of players at them. For instance, cornerbacks, we've got enough cornerbacks that we don't need any more cornerbacks. That was what they needed. And right. But if to me, I think we need a little bit more depth at receiver, okay? Um, I still think that there's not a whole lot of things behind after you get Roger Lewis and down. Um, and then I also think safety is one that I wish – You know, I think that I, – I, I mean, I like the guys that are there, but I think that that's probably – and the third one would be still still offensive line. I mean, I still think offensive line is still there. It's a definitely a need. And um, we'll, we'll see what happens with some of the free agents and stuff that, that's that stick through and get into training camp. But those three areas to me are still the ones.
0: And Shakes, listen, I know you wanted to add another thing, but we got to let you go because we got to get to another interview. So hopefully we'll get to it on a future show. And I would thanks for calling you. in, Shakes. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate the phone call. I think there's numbers, volume on the depth chart, but there's still some question marks at corner, even though they did bring in seven defensive backs as well as safety, because there's going to be circumstances where you need that strong guy in the slot, and that's going to be something interesting to monitor throughout the course of the competition entering training camp. All right. Well, we pre recorded an interview. With North Carolina State defensive coordinator Dave Huxtable between John Schmelk and I, so we're going to toss that. We're going to get to that right now. But Jeff, we want to sign off and see you later. Yes, that's it. Short, <laughs> sweet, and to the point. Jeff's got nothing else to add. It's just like that. All Enjoy. I know, all I can
1: add is to have a great weekend, everybody, <laughs> yes. and uh, we'll see you all next week. And for me, at least. But uh, hang in there because we got a great interview talking talking a little bit of defensive
0: line coming up. Enjoy the rest of the weekend. Without further ado, North Carolina State defensive coordinator Dave Huxtable. Enjoy. The Giants had two third round picks in the 2018 NFL draft, one of which was BJ Hill, North Carolina State defensive tackle. And to break down BJ's play and what he'll bring to the Giants, we're now joined by North Carolina State defensive coordinator Dave Huxtable. Coach, you got Lance Meadow, John Schmoke with you here on Giants.com. Big Blue Kickoff Live. Appreciate the time. How's everything?
3: Everything's great. Uh appreciate you all having me on the show. And, and uh, right now, I'm. Down in uh, Florida, uh, driving on Interstate 4 between Orlando and Daytona Beach, trying to find me another B.J. Hill.
5: Got to love recruiting season, right, Coach? Absolutely.
0: I'm well, sorry? I, I, John said you, you must love recruiting season, given the fact that you're always looking to find the next top prospect.
3: Well, you know what? Recruiting is so important in our game. And, uh, um, you know, this is an important time of the year for us to be able to get out and evaluate uh, these high school players the month of May and, uh, it's a lot of fun down here in Florida. They have spring practice, so you know you get a chance to get out there and uh, and get a live evaluation, and that's so important.
5: You know, Coach, how about this? When you guys recruited BJ Hill, what was it that you loved about him that made you guys want to bring him into your program? Well, you know,
3: BJ, uh, uh, you know, in high school he, he he played both sides of the ball, uh, played defensive line, and then get this, played running back.
5: Wow! You know he's
3: <laughs> you know he's a two hundred you know, 45, 50 pound uh, uh, high school kid playing running back and uh, and just showed, you know, that mobility and that, that toughness. And, and then when you got a chance to sit down and visit with BJ and talk with him, uh, you just knew right away that he was a kid that you wanted in your program. Just a uh, great character, I loved the game, and, uh, and and a kid that you wanted to have a part be of your program.
0: You had him for four years. When he came in as a freshman, he started five of the last six and really since his sophomore campaign has been a mainstay on that defensive line. Coach, how much have you seen in terms of his development as he made the transition from high school to college on the defensive line?
3: Well, you know what? Uh, B.J. came in and worked extremely hard. Uh, I mentioned that he's very passionate about the game. And uh, he was very fortunate. He's had uh, two defensive line coaches in his career uh, at North Carolina State. Ryan Nielsen, who's now with the New Orleans Saints, and, uh, and Kevin Patrick, who is a great player at Miami University. And, and so B.J.'s had, uh, had, had two guys that have really uh, taught him the game of football and the, and the tools of the trade of playing defensive line. But B.J., uh, you know, put in that that overtime. He's got that work ethic, uh, and and just uh, you know every day, whether it's in the film room, whether in the weight room, uh, in, in our indoor facility on a Saturday morning, uh, you just saw that that work ethic and and that want to, and and he just continued to develop develop our strength coaches. Uh, Thunder Dan and his staff did a great job with with B.J., and you just saw the kid just developing, getting bigger, getting stronger, getting more explosive, and, uh, you know, turned into a really great player for us. You
5: know, Coach, B.J. Hill not only had great coaches, he also had some great teammates on that defensive line. You guys must be very proud. Four defensive linemen, of course, Bradley Chubb, uh, Contavia Street, Justin Jones, and B.J. Hill all getting drafted from your program. How much did those four guys push each other? And having four great guys in that one group make each other better over the course of their careers. There.
3: Well, you know what? I have never, and I've been doing this a long time. and I've never seen a group of guys uh, uh, so close as as those guys you just mentioned. Um, they were always with each other. I mean, I mean, they 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 were they were brothers, even though they didn't share the same blood. They have. A, they had a love for each other that was unmatched, and uh, but they, they were very very competitive. Uh, they're very competitive, uh, whether they were working against each other, uh, in, or in an individual drill. Uh, we were in an inside run. We were in a, in, a, in a team period. Uh, you know they were all, you know deep down inside. You knew that they were competing with each other, and 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 what made each one of them special was they wanted to be the best, and uh, and 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 they worked hard. Uh, to earn the opportunity that they that they have today. But they were a fun group to be around and um, certainly going to be missed.
0: Talking with Dave Huxtable, North Carolina State defensive coordinator who coached B.J. Hill, one of the Giants' third-round picks. On that topic of having four talented defensive linemen to work with, how much did B.J. open things up for the rest of the players and guys like Bradley Chubb open up opportunities for B.J. Hill on the line?
3: Well, you know, it. it uh, uh, you know, football is played from inside out, and and uh, and you got to be strong up the middle. And and BJ, you know, was our man in the middle, and uh, you know he he created double teams. Um, you know, he just uh, because he was such a good player, he he demanded attention. You know, all of those guys did, and uh, and and I think because of the ability of each one of them that, uh, you know, they created opportunities for each other.
5: You know, Coach, I watch about four or five games of BJ on on tape after – uh, the Giants picked him. It looked like you guys mostly had him kind of play that one shade off the center. I saw him at the three technique a little bit. With the Giants, uh, they run a technically a 3-4 under James Betcher, though he's very multiple. He, his scheme is one gap, though. Guy's trying to get up the field. How do you think B.J. will make that transition for what you did at NC State to what the Giants will ask him to do in the NFL? Well,
3: you know, I, I, I think it'll be a, be a, an easy transition for B.J. Uh, because he has played multiple uh, positions on the line of scrimmage, and uh, you know he he's played he, he you know he, he's played a zero head up technique on a center. Uh, he he's played he's played a one technique shade on a center. He's he's played played an inside shade on a guard. He's he's played a three technique on a guard. So you know he he's played all those different uh, alignments across the line of scrimmage, and uh, and and I, I I think it'll be an easy transition for him uh, at your place. Uh, regardless of where they put him,
0: Coach. When you look at his stats, nine sacks over the course of four seasons, and you know the Giants are hoping to rotate defensive linemen so they keep opportunities fresh to get to the quarterback. How much potential does BJ have in terms of maybe upping those sack numbers and consistently providing a presence in the pass rush?
4: I, I,
3: I think that you know he's only going to get better at, at, at the next level. Uh, it, because because it's going to be all football for him, all football for him and and uh, and i know he's gonna he's going continue to learn you know from the from from the from the coaching he's going to continue to learn from the, the veterans and uh and he's just going to continue to grow and get better and and uh, i really do believe that that bj you know who was a a, a great run stopper for us is just going to get better and better as a pass rusher and uh, and will provide some some big plays for y'all
5: in the past game. Coach, you talked about his football character, his hard work, his work in the weight room. One thing Dave gentleman's trying to do here is establish a new culture, and he's trying to bring in the right type of people, both on and off the field. So one thing we can't see from watching him on tape is the type of person he is and interacting with him off the field. What does B.J. Hill bring to the locker room in terms of trying to establish a culture? He's the best. <laughs>
3: he is. I, I, and, I mean, and I mean that very seriously. He's the best. Uh, B.J. is he's, he's smart. Uh, he's he got a great football IQ. He works at the game. He's tough. Uh, there, there, there's not a tougher kid that I, I've been around. He's durable. I, I think one of B.J.'s best abilities is his durability. He, he, he was never on, an, on on an injured list. He never missed a rep of practice. Uh, he, he just, he's just a tough, durable player. All right. And he's going to be a great teammate. He's going to be a great guy to have in that locker room. Right? He, he's going to earn, earn, earn his respect. Uh, he's just a great, great character kid. And I say these things to you and I, I, I know as coaches talk, you know, all of these things and, and uh, you know, you got, you got to be able to read through it all and, and to find out for yourself. But, but what I'm telling you is, he is the best. He's the best I've been around. He's, wow. he's 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 very serious about the game, but he's got another side that he's just fun to be around. And uh, I'm just so proud of B.J., and I'm thankful to him for uh, what he did for our program, what he did for our defense, and I just wish him uh, all the best. And you guys got, got a very special guy in B.J. Hill not just a football player, but a person as well.
0: Well, it's interesting you brought up his durability, Coach, because he started 41 consecutive games to end his career. So I think that says it all. And, you know, you mentioned his development He was there for four years, and we see a lot of these top defensive linemen, you know, sometimes they elect to leave after their junior year to make the jump to the NFL. How beneficial is it for him that he did ultimately spend four years under your watch, your coaching staff's watch, to now help him move into the NFL from a character standpoint as well as from a football standpoint?
3: Well, I think from a football standpoint, it just helped him to continue to grow and mature. And, uh, and, and to continue to develop the skills and the fundamentals and the technique of the game uh, that, that, that have allowed him to have this opportunity. Uh, you know, B.J. is a very mature guy. Uh, he was probably ready from a maturity standpoint a year ago. Uh, but he, he's a very mature guy, and, and uh, B.J. is a man's man. And, uh, and, and I know he's going to have success, uh, you know, as he continues to, uh, you know, play the game of football, and and uh, he's going to have a great career with you all.
5: Coach, final question from me, watching him on tape. I'm impressed. You don't see many guys that are able to take on double teams in the run game still make plays. Uh, he has that nifty little spin move on the pass rush on the inside that I saw on tape a few times. Where have you seen him make the most progress in terms of his play on the field, his technique, and where do you think the next step is for him as he continues to try to improve heading to the NFL? Well, you know,
3: BJ. You know, I, I mentioned earlier that he was he was a real one stopper force. You know, you know the thing about BJ. Uh, you know, you talk about those double teams and, and still be able to make, make a play. Yeah. Uh, he, he's strong. He, he, he's just a strong, powerful kid. And, uh, uh, and and the thing about BJ, he's never going to give up in the fight. You know, every play I've, I've talked with our defensive players. Every play is a series of strains, a series, series of strains, a series of efforts. It's not one strain in a play. It's not. It's not one effort in a play. It's. It's a series, right? Uh, within a play, and BJ's that guy that's going to fight the fight. he, he, he He's going to make the other guy quit because, uh, you know, that, that guy's going to know BJ's not from watching him on film, and. What I think he continued to grow and develop, I think, is in his pass rush. I think he worked very hard in that, All right? and uh, and and I think, you know, that's an area that he's going to continue to grow and get better, and be able to be a three-down player for y'all.
0: Well, Giants GM Dave Gettleman loves his players in the trenches, and it sounds like, Coach, he found a good one because he did refer to B.J. in his press conference as a powerful, tough son of a gun. And based on what you just said, I think that equates to what Dave Gettleman saw on film.
3: Well, what you saw on film is what you're going to get. all right. Uh, because we talked about earlier, uh, as you get to uh, know B.J. and his personality and his character, you're just going to wow What what a great what a great person and uh, and uh, he's going to be a great uh, member of your club and and a teammate in that locker room.
5: You know, it's coach. It's funny. Uh, We we actually had a chance to talk to BJ the night he got drafted, and I asked him a question. Dave Gettleman said, um, "Playing inside is a violent business," and I and I asked BJ about. Being involved in violent business, and he just seems so excited about it, and and it just seems like it's part of his nature to do the dirty work. And I got to imagine, as a coach, you just love that.
3: You do, you know. He's so humble, Uh, you know. You know, yeah. Every every football player wants to make plays, Uh, and then that's what the game's about. But but BJ, he's he's the ultimate team player. Uh, He's going to do his job. You know, I talked about uh, dependability earlier. He, he's going to do his job. He's going to do his job. He he, he was one of the most dependable guys we had on, on the defensive unit. Never had to worry about DJ. B.J. not being where he was supposed to be, not fighting the fight, uh, and, 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 and staying tough in the battle. And that that's who B.J. Hill is. And, uh, um, you know, I, I just can't tell you how excited I am for him, and I know he's uh, –
5: That looks like we lost uh, Coach. Looks there, like we Matt. lost Coach. All right. The travails of yes. cell phone availability in Florida. We're actually just about to wrap up the interview. We were. So, yes.
0: So that may have been a sign. So that So Matt, do time me a favor, Matt.
5: Matt, just get Coach back in line. Tell him thank you, and we're about to wrap up anyway, and we're good to go.
0: I think that <laughs> sums things up. But we certainly appreciate Dave Huxtable, the defensive coordinator for North Carolina State, joining us and some great insight. Those are the cell phone towers telling us to wrap up the show. Yes, exactly. It's an indication that Orlando, (laughs) Florida, where he is right now, wants him to actually get on the road again so he can recruit the next top athlete. Absolutely. But we certainly appreciate Dave Huxtable for joining us. That is going to wrap up today's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. I want to thank Jeff Fegels, who joined me earlier, for his insight as well. Big Blue Kickoff Live up and running again, starting next week at Monday, each and every day at noon Eastern. For John Schmelk, I'm Lance Meadow. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll see you on Monday right here on Giants.com. Enjoy Have the
5: long. weekend, everybody.